Are you curious about bodies, pleasure, and possibilities? And what about curious about what others are up to on the planet when it comes to pleasure, sex, and play? Have you considered what pleasure can do for your life, your body, and your bank account? Do you know something magical, delightful, and out-of-this-world orgasmic is not only possible for you, but totally available to you? If you're ready to be the magical, sexual, sexy beast you know you can be, and you just need the tools to get there, you're in the right place. Now, here's the host of The Pleasure Zone, sensual movement artist, relationship, and sex alchemist, Milica Yelenich. Welcome, sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. And some of you have been pleasure seeking the last six years with me. It's amazing and astonishing to announce that today is my sixth anniversary with the Pleasure Zone, which is so exciting to me. Uh, as in so many things in life, I've been told numerous times that I am a person who doesn't uh, commit you know, I, I jump back and forth and I do things and blah, blah, blah. And it's really funny because I had that thought jumping into my mind this week, um, especially with this topic of how to have ethical non-monogamy in your relationships. Because for a lot of people, that sounds non-committal. And it sounds very non-committal, in fact. Like, I'm going to have lots of relationships, so I'm not really having any relationships because nothing is going to be intimate. It's actually not what it is at all. We're going to kind of break some things down. This topic is really, really big. And what today's uh, show is all about is really we're, we're tackling the very first segment of ethical non-monogamy, which is some do's and don'ts, some steps to get yourself into it, if that's something that you're interested in. And it's if it's something that you know, you are in and you're not really sure how to navigate. We'll get into a little bit about that. But honestly, this is a really massive topic. So I'm not going to be touching on everything today. I may bring on some experts who live the life. Um, I'll say they're experts uh, because maybe they have some more uh, of their own perspectives of what they've experienced and I can bring some people on um, on future shows to be able to talk about that as well. I know a few people who are living the ethical non-monogamy lifestyle and it's not always easy for them so uh, I would like to hear from them on like what are some of their tricks and tips and tools. But what I do know is that a lot of people have these thoughts in their mind and I would like to address a lot of these queries today I have a lot of people ask me about this particular question. Um, interestingly enough, I think a lot of people have the perspective that because I have a sex talk radio show, because I'm open to things, because I love people in general and I love bodies, um, there's been a lot of assumption, presumption that I have, uh, I'm like uh, polyamorous, but my perspective of polyamory is a little bit different. So polyamory doesn't necessarily mean that you're having sex with everybody. It could be that you're having intimate relationships with many. And I would say that my relationships with people are highly intimate. So that doesn't necessarily mean there's sex. 
which can get conflicting because there are so many different definitions out there about what is polyamory, what is ethical non-monogamy. So let's clear this up a little bit. Ethical non-monogamy, for one, non-monogamy means that you are having a relationship or relationships with more than one person or people, right? So you're having uh, multiple relationships and there are multiple different dynamics to these relationships. The ethical part is that there is consent going on. Now, the consent is whether, you know, you know, whether that's been spoken or unspoken or agreed upon, it's irrelevant because it's something that in a relationship, even if you've agreed on it once and it was like years ago or months ago or whatever, revisit this topic regularly because things come up and sometimes people change their mind. And lots of things come up and especially in relationship where people have uh, you know many different partners there can be a lot of jealousy that goes on and jealousy can be a really big thing to tackle and it's such an in-depth conversation so before we knock down those walls and create a pile of poo that creates jealousy let's look at some fundamental things that are required in order to have and be in an ethical, non-monogamous relationship. And again, like I was mentioning before, polyamory is kind of like one of the segments of, or like labels that we could identify as or under the ethical non-monogamy umbrella. It's broad, guys. This is a broad umbrella. There are so many definitions under the ethical non-monogamy umbrella that, you know, it might blow your mind if you're new to this. There is, um, oh, there, there's a wide-ranging list. I'll just let you know about a few of them so that you can have your mind blown. Um, so you can be in like a polyamorous group relationship, um, couples, are, are, you know, they're, say, for example, you have like four couples, they're all in a relationship with each other. It's all open, which means open means that everybody's aware of it and it's consensual. Uh, closed would be that everybody's aware that nobody else is involved in the relationship. Open means everybody's aware that other people are involved in the relationship. So with a group relationship, you often have multiple partners involved. You can have group marriages. It doesn't mean that everybody's um, married to, say, say for example, if my husband and I had four friends that all had, there were all couples who were polyamorous. It doesn't mean that we're all married, like I'm not married to all the men and all the women necessarily. Because in Canada, we're lucky enough that we could be married to all the men and all the women. And aren't we lucky to be in a country where your gender does not discriminate who you can love and who you can marry? I feel pretty privileged to live in a country where that exists. So we have things like the group dynamic. We have different partnerships that go on um, as well. There's different paradigms for these non-monogamous relationships. And so you can have plural marriages. You can be... um, a person who is uh, 
say for example you are in a polyam you say for example you like multiple partners but you're not in a primary relationship so this gets complicated right you can have primary and secondary relationships you can have multiple primary relationships which kind of nullifies the whole primary idea um, however if you are a person for example who wants to be with many partners but not really escalate up um, to different levels of say levels of relationship you might not want to step into living with people um, you know doing commit commitment vows or anything like that you you might just be interested in being and loving many people and you might be interested in being in loving couples as well which would make you what is termed in the poly world a unicorn so unicorns love many and they're, they're usually the single one the one who's like singled out um, who are single live a single lifestyle however they have relationships with many but don't necessarily commit to any particular one so there are some things to consider when you're looking at this as a concept are you somebody who wants to be single and just have a lot of relationships with a lot of people um, even if you're choosing that with those people that you are having these relationships with you know whether especially if they're sexual relationships it is really important that everybody is aware of this especially if there is uh, penetration involved if there's exchange of fluids involved because you're looking at sharing you could be sharing so many things uh, diseases on so many levels so even you know from STDs or even hey COVID right like you want to make sure that you are being safe and the key to this safety is that everybody is aware of this so if you are the unicorn looking for many uh, to be really truly ethical and true to yourself in this um, true to the people that you're with and you know being safe is to of course use things like protection but also use your effing brains because your brains and maybe you don't have any but if you use your brains and tell everybody what's going on and let everybody know that hey you're actually interested in many partners then they have the choice to be in or not be in but the thing is if you're not sharing that awareness it can be a huge unkindness in the future to your partners because you could be spreading disease because they don't know and you're certainly not giving any indication that that's what's going on so the difference between you being polyamorous or being in an ethical non-monogamous relationship and you being a cheater is consent that's as simple as it gets so if consent has been given by all the partners involved then you are in an ethical non-monogamous relationship if there is no consent you are a cheater that's it that's as simple as it gets <laughs> so in your current if you are in a relationship currently and you're struggling with do I want to be with more than one person how do I do this um, you know there are sometimes people who they really want to have a monogamous relationship but it's actually not in their nature and it's, it's a struggle for them so 
being in a monogamous relationship actually goes against every grain of their being and they would possibly have a better time uh, and, a, and an easier time committing to their primary relationship if they have uh, more people to express and share intimacy with or love with. Like I was saying before, I have like immense intimacy with many people. Um, my best GFs were highly intimate to the point where like, man, I've cuddled my girls in bed before with their underwear on. Like we get kind of intimate. And would some people say that's like cheating? I don't know. I don't think so. Not in my opinion. It's like sharing and uh, love and like being close to one another. Now that's like physical intimacy, but we also have emotional intimacy. And if you crave intimacy and you, you crave intimacy with more than one person, the truth is you probably are by nature a little polyamorous. You might not be wanting to necessarily have sex with many people. And that's not um, required. Uh, you know, you can have uh, romantic experiences with people without having sex with them. You can have intimacy with people without having sex with them. So we're really looking at what is it that you're desiring that has you feeling pulled towards a polyamorous, lifestyle, or the broader sense, ethical non-monogamy. What is it that's got you curious about that? Now, I'd like you to sit and be with that question because I know that for so many people, the answer is I'm bored in my relationship. I don't really like sex with my partner. Um, it's been so long, I don't even know what we're doing together. Like there's a lot of reasons and justifications why people are wanting to leave their primary relationship, not really having dealt with any of the core issues that are coming up, and they want to run away, and they want to test the waters in other places, and they are sometimes saying that to their partners, and they're sometimes not, and those sometimes not situations is more of a, now you are actually cheating, so um, then there's all that other stuff that goes along with it. There's guilt. There's personality changes that when you have guilt come up. There's all kinds of other stuff that occurs when you have um, guilt. And then, of course, the person feels it, and then they get jealous or angry or call you out on it, and you wonder why. It's because you got, you know, you got fire in your pants. So when you got liar, liar, pants on fire happening, you your guilt is evident and people will smell it on you like a really bad stink. So it's your guilt that's uh, actually screwing you over. So when you look at it, you got to ask, like, what is it that you desire? What do you think is currently lacking in your relationship that you think ethical non-monogamy is going to solve? That's the big question to start with, okay? So what do you think ethical non-monogamy is going to solve for your relationship? I'd like you to think about that. We're heading off to our first commercial break. You are listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? 
Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Milica Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone Radio Show with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today from the U.S., call 815-880-TALK. That's 815-880-8255. From Canada, dial 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Or send your questions or comments via email to info at milicajelanich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. Tonight we're talking about how to have ethical non-monogamous relationships, which is a big, broad topic. And one of the big, broad things about this topic is that as human beings, we have feelings. And our feelings get involved in our relationships. And our communication, or lack thereof it, can also screw up relationships. And those two things together are like dynamite in your butt. They can just like make things ugly, nasty, and explosively gross. So not having communication and also, you know, having emotions that we maybe haven't dealt with can create chaos. And I invite you to look at, again, like the question that I posed before we went to uh, the commercial break was, what problems do you think that ethical monogamy are going to solve? There's something that you're thinking is, that this is going to solve because this is why you're bringing it to the forefront. So what is it going to solve? Now, one of the things is if you are walking away from a relationship because, you know, you're like, my husband doesn't listen to me, my this doesn't work, my that doesn't work, my blah, blah, blah. Inviting somebody else into your relationship is just going to escalate the crap out of all the issues you already have in your relationship because you're not dealing with your stuff. So dealing with your stuff, and by dealing with it, I mean sometimes it means communicating with your partner, sometimes it means writing them out for yourself so that you can have clarity 
can be talking to a coach like me about sex and intimacy and relationships. It could be talking to other coaches. We have many on the Inspired Choices Network. And you can also talk to, you know, so many people who uh, are counselors or work with relationships. Definitely before choosing somebody, check the energy of them and see if they're going to be a contribution to you or are they going to judge the crap out of you so that, you know, you walk away feeling crap about what you're going through. That's not the point of this type of work. When you're dealing with your stuff, you want somebody who's going to be there to open the doors to show you truly who you are and how to embrace more of who you are, whatever that is, whether that's choosing ethical non-monogamy or choosing monogamy. But to deal with whatever's coming up for you, whether it's jealousy or fear or feeling lack or whatever these emotions are that have you say, I want to have an ethical non-monogamous relationship, um, and before having the conversation with your partner, look at some of these things for you that have you choose this. And you might start to go, oh, okay, well, why I want to run away and join the circus and have sex with Bam Bam is because Bam Bam is really muscly and hot. And I think that if I have sex with Bam Bam, my life is going to be better. But in in actuality, your whole your whole reality is saying that you can't even deal with your own uh, partner at home. So having sex with Bam Bam as a sideshow, uh, you know, circus time is not going to work for you because you've not even had the conversation with the person that you are in relationship with. They, if you can't even have that conversation with them, you're not even having it with yourself either, for sure. So you don't even know what you're choosing this for. There's zero consciousness involved. So this is like an unconscious pancake that just got flopped in front of you that's flavorless pile of hard crap it's not even a good pancake it's just like a more like a cow patty of crap and so why what is it about ethical non-monogamy that has you desire it and ethical by that is having all partners involved knowing now what you might be choosing is to not have ethical non-monogamy and you're actually just choosing cheating the truth of the matter is you're you if you're if you're not a sociopath or a psychopath you probably have feelings and it might actually pain you to be hurting somebody so that won't last very long and if you are choosing to have have ethical non-monogamy and the relationships that are involved in your life are enhancing each other like for example if um, me having uh, intimate conversations with my friends or if I'm having like cuddle fest uh, times with my girlfriends or whatever, then that is actually going to create more for my relationship. It takes maybe some stress off my husband. Um, my husband totally knows that I cuddle my friends and have like very deep relationships with people. So he's aware of me and who I am. And He's not that way. He's just not a person who has like super intimate relationships with uh, many people, right? So he doesn't have in-depth, super in-depth conversations with people. And he doesn't uh, necessarily require cuddle times with their friends or whatever. So his reality is a little different than mine. So my reality is I love 
having, uh, I love having deep relationships with people in general. And that's what I choose. And the cool thing is, is my husband is uh, aware of me as a person. And he's also aware that my choices, what I'm choosing is that I'm always going to choose what's going to create greater for my marriage, my relationship with um, my husband, but also my relationship with my daughter and everybody who's involved. That is my conscious choice is I ask the questions on the big is if I choose this, is this going to create greater for my marriage? Is this going to create greater for my life? Is this going to create greater for the future of the planet? And I tell you, if it's a yes, then I choose it. And if it's a no, I don't. And it's that simple. So I am I am encouraging you to look at these things too. That before jumping into them, ask if you choose this, is this going to create greater for your relationship? Is it going to create greater for you, for the relationships involved? If you have children, they're involved too. If, um, you know, if you exist on this planet, then you're affecting the planet too. So ask about that. And that only counts if you give a shit about things and people. But if you don't and you're a psychopath and a sociopath and it won't matter anyway, you're just going to do what you want anyway. So it doesn't matter. I could tell you stuff. It doesn't matter. So what... Um, one of the steps, number one step is asking yourself that question. What do I feel like I would gain from this? What am I choosing this for? What do I think it's going to solve? Because usually people are choosing this because they think there's a problem and this is going to be the solution. Not always the case. Now, the next step would be to ask a few other questions of yourself. Like, for example... How would you feel if your partner is also in, in an open um, choosing to have, you know, uh, intimacy, uh, sexual or non-sexual, and, and having sex with people, um, you know, whatever level it is, how would that make you feel? Now, if the thought of your partner having close relationships with anybody really triggers you and bothers you, then this is something for you to look at because what you're essentially asking somebody to do is is be willing to give you something that you're not willing to give them, right? So if you're in a relationship where you feel like you would be jealous of your partner having intimate relationships with other people, but you want your partner to give you that, it's quite unfair and fairness is just a judgment. I know that. It's it's not even... Let's go to logic. There's no logic in this, right? It's not even logical to ask somebody to do something that you're not willing to do yourself. And if you can't do it yourself, then you need to look at what is it. Are you jealous? If there's jealousy, what's beneath the jealousy? Have you always felt second to everybody? Have you always felt compared? Have you always felt less than... What makes you feel jealous? Deal with that, you know? Not everybody I know out there has, like, done years and years and years of therapy. For whatever reason, I chose really young to get into my own crap. I was, like, 22, right fresh out of university after being in studying psych for three years, figuring out that I had every problem under the sun and judging the crap out of myself. I started therapy and I was diligently going every week for 14 years. That's a lot of 
therapy and different kinds, right? Uh, so now when my emotions come up or something comes up, I can ask myself these super valid questions like, wonder where that is stemming from. Is that even mine? I wonder where that's stemming from. So these jealousy questions too, sometimes the jealousy isn't actually yours too. So it's good to become aware of where are these emotions coming from? Are they yours? If they are yours, where do they start? What are they about? Is it something you can change? What can you do to change it? And then starting to take action to start to change that. So say for example, if you feel jealous, if your partner is having an intimate conversation with somebody, um, then one of the things that you need to do maybe is, maybe your action, maybe you come to the awareness that your action is to say to your partner, you know what, I feel like you have more intimacy with that person than you do with me. I feel like you love them more. Um, and if your partner, you know, says, well, yeah, I do, well, then you already know that there's a problem. But for the most part, um, if you're in a relationship that's generally working for you and these things come up and you mention that, then ask yourself, what is it that you require? What do I require in order to feel loved? And maybe you need to have uh, intimate conversations again. Maybe you need to get deep with this person again. Um, maybe that strayed off a little. And if you bring it back, then the jealousy won't be there. Most of the time, the things we're jealous of are things that we either think we don't have, we can't even see that we have them, or things that we feel are missing and that we truly don't have and that we would like to have. So figuring out those jealousy issues uh, in the beginning, before you even engage in this, is so important. And you could spend years dealing with your own jealousy. Um, a lot of times, jealousy is one of those things that just catches you by the seat of your pants and you don't even know where it came from. So the more you can look at it when you're not in the thick of it, the easier it will be to deal with it when it does come up. All right, so we're going to continue this conversation on some primary, primal things that you need to look at before choosing to step into a relationship of ethical non-monogamy. And we're going to do that uh, on the Pleasure Zone here tonight, right after this commercial break. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own Pleasure Zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for the Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. 
graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek at www.melitzajelenich.com. This is the Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today from the U.S., call 815-880-TALK. That's 815-880-8255. From Canada, dial 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Or send your questions or comments via email to info at MilicaJelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. Tonight, we're talking about how to have ethical non-monogamous relationships. And it's a big question because it's a question that's coming up for a lot of people, people I do coaching with, and a lot of people are curious because people are struggling in their relationships. And people were struggling before COVID, but I tell you, the struggles have gotten deeper and more um, prominent or evident in the last few months while people are in isolation with each other, things are rising and there is uh, conversations are either not being had at all and people are just losing it and divorcing. Uh, can't tell you how many people I know are getting separated, divorced, like relationships are changing dynamically and and shit's hitting the fan, right? So issues are coming up that have never come up before. And this is when conversations and communication are so key, you know? So conversations and communication. What are some of the things that you are maybe ignoring saying in your relationship that are really true to your heart? Like, for example, I was mentioning earlier you might be somebody who desperately desires being in a monogamous relationship. Maybe you were raised to believe that this is the right and true path in life and that everything religiously, um, everything that you've ever been told, everything you've ever seen on TV and in movies and the Disney princess uh, being loved by her prince forever and ever, the fantasy of monogamy is huge and it's perpetuated everywhere and for some people it's truly a desire and for some people it is something that has been trained into them ingrained in them projected and expected of them so they are living it because or choosing it not because it's their true desire but because it's what they think is right so when you look at Ethical monogamy, that's one partnership. Um, generally, monogamy would mean for life or one partnership at a time, which is serial monogamy. And if you're having that, you know, serial monogamous uh, energy actually is more like I'm with this person for as long as I can stand them and then I know I can move on. So serial monogamy gives you kind of a really great out that you can be with this person for a certain amount of time and be out. Now, my husband, I would say, was a serial monogamist before he met me. And he's always said that he, has, he had five-year relationships. So 
once we were together for five years, he was like, wow, we've, we've hit my record. For him, it was like a big deal that we went past his, his normal time to get out of a relationship. It was just like his pattern. It's been five years. I'm getting out now. And so now there's a new dynamic because he's broken that pattern and we have a different dynamic in that I don't rely on him for everything to fulfill my emotional needs, uh, right? So, you know, I have amazing friends and I have uh, amazing friends that are not, you know, I have amazing men and women as friends that I can talk to about anything. And the beautiful thing about having different energies involved in my life is that I feel fulfilled regardless of what's going on in my private life. So much of my my rest of my life, private life, let's say my, my uh, marriage, whatever my marriage is, is like I actually feel fulfilled, I'd say at least 99% of the time because I have amazing people in my life that I never feel alone and I also never feel... Uh, needy and I don't feel like um, what's the word for it and I've had those feelings before in the past I felt very needy before and I felt very lonely in my life most of my life actually Um, and all the times that I was having those feelings and I was in a relationship I often would get really frustrated and get out and it was like it was their fault Um, even though it wasn't it was it was actually my choice for not developing other relationships. It was my choice for not seeking what I required to fulfill my needs to be able to be happy um, and to have all my relationships expand so that there isn't like pressure on one person to be my everything. So having um, a husband, a lover, having friends who are like my intimate confidants, like there's so many things that that can be defined as polyamorous. Why? Because I actually love those people. So polyamorous means many loves. And having many loves uh, can look like so many things, right? So if we didn't have to define it, what broad sense of a love can you share with many people and have many intimate relationships? And sexual or non-sexual, that is irrelevant. That actually falls under the category of polyamory. Although a lot of polyamorous people say that it's about the sex, I choose to disagree. <laughs> I The word itself is amory, it's love. So I say it's actually more about love. So when we look at, um, you know, what are you, what is it that you require? Are you feeling unloved? And if you are feeling unloved in a relationship, then again, the energy comes back to you. So do you love you? And are there things that you haven't, again, looked at or spent time with about yourself to have you feel loved? Now, if you do feel loved by yourself, like if you feel, and loved is such a broad word, do you feel grateful for you? Do you wake up in the morning and you're like, I'm so grateful that I chose to wake up and be alive and I'm grateful for this body I have and I'm grateful to be able to smell the roses and touch things and I'm grateful for this life. And you wake up feeling grateful for you and there's like a sense of, you know, love for yourself. 
I actually think that more than love is what I have for myself is like I have a crush on myself, which is kind of funny. But uh, if in relationship I'm, I'm, you know, married to my husband and I have a crush on me, then I already have multiple people in the relationship, right? So if you, and I get that that's funny to people maybe, but I, I do, like I think about myself and I think if I was, if I wasn't me, I'd have a crush on me. Like I find me pretty freaking adorable like most of the time, even when I'm being a bitch, I think I'm kind of funny. So I I don't know if you guys have that feeling about you, but if you don't have a crush on you, maybe I can do a show about how you can have a crush on you because I didn't have this my whole life, frankly. Like I didn't always have a crush on myself. I didn't always think I was fun or cute and not really, not really uh, be affected by do other people think I am or not. Um, maybe it comes with age, maybe it comes with wisdom, maybe it just comes with not giving a heart about how other people uh, see you. But the truth is I actually do care about people. So the people that I love, it matters to me whether I've hurt them and it matters to me whether um, they're happy. So I do care about what other people think because I matter if it matters to me if they're happy, if they're enjoying life and Um, I try to be an invitation to that. It matters to me if they're hurt, too. And if it didn't matter to me, I wouldn't do the work that I do, which is to work with people on their bodies to have their bodies have more ease, more joy, and more pleasure in life. And that's through body work and movement and energy work and um, different modalities that I use, as well as, you know, sex and intimacy coaching. So, you know, I could say that I don't give a crap what people think but I actually do because I give a crap what people think about themselves and I give a crap about people's lives and how they feel in their lives so I I do actually care (laughs) but um, that was a sideline so when I'm looking at this whole concept of non you know we could go with non-ethical non-monogamy no I'm kidding it's ethical non-monogamy and how do we have it is the key what was our key number one was to figure out the core thing that has you desire choosing it. What is that thing that has you desire choosing it? Getting real with yourself about what energy that is. I want it because my relationship sucks. Okay, well, let's deal with your current relationship and then look forward on to more things. What's lacking? What do you have? What don't you have? Can you change it? What can you actions can you take so that this can uh, be functional because if your primary relationship with a you isn't working then your next primary relationship with your your other partner whether it's your spouse or your long-term partner isn't working for you then adding more people to the pot is not going to make it better if you have a like a rotten stew and you think that adding some spice to it's going to make it better no i'm sorry it's still a rotten stew now you just added spice to rotten stew so now it just tastes like rotten stew with spice and in fact that rotten stew is going to now have spice that will start to rot too because you know what fungus begets more fungus so if you have something that's rotting adding something to it is not going to make it better that's true for your body too (laughs) so uh, that's funny my producer was thinking that was a great analogy thank you um, and I don't, that picture came to my mind, so I'm sharing that with you. So what, uh, what's going on in your relationship? And you're definitely not going to 
spice it up by uh, adding things to it. The funny thing is, is actually the multiple word of spouse is spice. And so when people talk about spicing up their relationship, there's this other meaning to it, which means multiple spouses. Uh, so pretty funny. So you don't have to add that spice of the other relationship in there because it's it's probably just going to rot too. So always deal with your primary relationship first and understand what's going on there. If you're having amazing communication in your primary relationship, A, with you and then with your next partner, then the idea and concept of polyamory can be quite intriguing and quite open. So you can have different experiences as polyamorous. You can have things like triads or Vs going on, and you're probably like, what does that mean? So polyamory with one other partner involved, and then there's more, and there's like foursomes, and the list goes on. But we'll look at some really uh, simple formations of polyamory, uh, we're going to, uh, I'll just kind of describe a couple options to you before we uh, finish the show tonight so you have some ideas of maybe some things you can look into for uh, for future if this is something that works for you. And of course, we will have more shows on this because it is a big topic and there's like a lot to talk about. So for now, um, just know we've got triads and Vs and we're going to talk about those Uh, once we come back. So you are listening to The Pleasure Zone and we'll be right back after this commercial break. Are you secretly a voyeur wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Milica Yelenich where she will entice you and your body to know your own Pleasure Zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life, and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for the Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. Graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek at www.melitzayelenich.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today from the U.S., Call 815-880-TALK. That's 815-880-8255. From Canada, dial 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Or send your questions or comments via email to info at militzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. 
Welcome back to the Pleasure Zone, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. So before commercial break, I was just mentioning some some basic uh, shapes to our polyamorous relationships to the ethical non-monogamous as an, uh, you know, who are seeking ethical non-monogamy out there. There are some basic fundamental shapes. So first, let's think of shapes in general. We start off one ourselves. We're like a dot. Then we add another person to our life, and that's like two dots with a connection in between. So now we're like a line. And then if we add a third person, which is like another dot, um, this is like we're talking about like math grade two. So we've got a lo- two dots with a line in the middle. That's, that's a monogamous relationship. We add another dot. And now what we have is like a dot where you can say uh, – the person at the very bottom of the the bottom dot connects to the two other dots in the shape of a V. So that very bottom dot is called a hinge relationship so that everybody hinges on that relationship. You get it? So the V relationship is where one person has two relationships and both those relationships hinge on that main uh, person. The other two people do not have a relationship with each other. So that line doesn't connect across. So it's not a triad. It's just a V. Then the next simplest shape, which is not necessarily simple to have relationships in, but the next simplest concept is the triad. So then you've got the person at the bottom. There's the hinge who probably created relationship one and relationship two then connects the two together and you have a triangle, your triad. So all people are connected to each other in one way or another. So we've got your triad going on. And these relationships are all, again, remember, these are all relationships that are consensual, that everybody's aware of, and that this is um, what people are not only choosing, but they're willing to have relationship conversations about. If you're not willing to have a relationship conversation, don't even think you're ready for polyamory. Don't even think you're ready for non-ethical monogamy. I mean, ethical non-monogamy. Oh my God, the non-non-non is like flipping in my head. Ethical non-monogamy. If you're not willing to have conversations with your primary partner, if you're not even willing to have conversations with yourself about your own stuff, like jealousies and fears and all this stuff, if you're not willing to work on your own craft, you're definitely not ready for a primary relationship, never mind polyamory, um, never mind ethical non-monogamy. Because all of these things hinge on communication and all of these things hinge on being able to say what you require, what your needs are, what you you need to also be able to have um, not just communication, the openness to be able to resolve things if issues come up and being able to have these relationships expand your life rather than create chaos, right? So if they're creating chaos, you know, issues will come up just like they do in relationship. But if you're finding that there's more issues than enjoyment, then maybe this isn't for you. So um, remember at the beginning I was saying what we need, what you need to do is what is your 
fundamental reason for thinking that you would like to have ethical non ethical non monogamy? Um, what are some of your basic um, feelings around that? What um, you know? What drives you towards that? It's really key that you have all of this information before you proceed because relationships can be sticky as it is. Never mind adding more people like I was saying, to that rotten stew. And if you've got a rotten stew, don't add more people to it. Look at your stew, either chuck it out and start new or do something to resolve the issue that's rotting, uh, making your stew rot. So I know that's a lot of information, but this is like honestly the very tip of the iceberg of what polyamory has to offer. I found some amazing resources out there. So for those of you who are looking for great resources for this, there's a great site out there called More Than Two. And two is spelled T-W-O, not like T-O-O, morethan2.com. They have phenomenal resources from the very beginner stages to people who have been in ethical non-monogamous relationships for ages, different kinds of categories, their site is really easy to navigate with lots of different articles and information. Uh, so if that's something that you would like to investigate more of before I do more shows on this topic, by all means, um, check out their resources because they're fascinating. And I, I don't know if they have like other things like classes or anything, but um, that would be, I, I, have, I don't think they do. I think they just, they have the shop. I think they sell books. There's a book on more than two and there's some resource materials that they have. So, you know, before even choosing this relationship um, dynamic, there is so much to look at, right? And who are you? Who are your relationship into your, in your partner? What does this mean to you? Is it all about sex? Is it all about creating deeper connections with people? Because truly, like ethical non-monogamy is more about creating deeper connections with people, having multiple partners, both sexual and romantic in nature, um, you know, polyamory being that you have more than one sexual partner, uh, but truly polyamory, amory itself, love, loving more than one person and having intimacy with more than one person. So, like, what, are, what is exactly is it that you are desiring? That's the key question to look at. And when you know that, then you'll be able to proceed forward and you'll be able to. So that's your first steps, guys. We'll have more because there's so much more to talk about. So thank you for listening. Stay tuned in and turned on till next week. Thank you for listening to The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Jelanić. The Pleasure Zone returns next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.